0: Hey everyone. And welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. As we begin a new year, there are a lot of people hopeful that the COVID vaccine is that light at the end of a nearly year long tunnel that has taken us so far away from what life was like before the pandemic. But now, as Michigan and other states are really struggling to get that vaccine distributed, there is an even bigger obstacle, the emergence of several new variants of the coronavirus. So do the existing vaccines protect sufficiently against these new mutations? Is it time to double up on masks, for instance, to stop the spread of these new variants? And the big question, I think, on everyone's mind is... Will this pandemic ever be over? Will we ever get back to some sense of normalcy in our lives? When will we go back to the things that we all miss so desperately since we had to turn the world upside down to deal with this pandemic last spring? That is where we begin the conversation today. And a little later, we are also going to talk about the mental health dimension of this pandemic, the ways in which all of this change and disruption and sadness and death have affected us from a mental health perspective, and how difficult it has been to get everyone to be able to acknowledge that that's normal and okay, and that if you need help, you need to be able to raise your hand and say that that's true. But first, here to answer more questions about what is going on right now With the the coronavirus and the pandemic is someone we've come to call on quite regularly for these kinds of conversations. Dr. Paul Kilgore is associate professor and director of research at Wayne State University's College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. He's also the principal investigator at Henry Ford Health Systems testing of the Moderna vaccine trial. Dr. Kilgore, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Good morning, Stephen. Great to be with you. Thank you. Yes.
0: So people are really concerned about these variants of the coronavirus, which are emerging from other countries and now showing up here in the United States. Talk to us about what's happening with these new variants and how concerned we all need to be about them.
1: Great. So, uh, Stephen, this is a really important topic, and I'm glad you mentioned it. The um, situation right now is really that we have evolving strains of the coronavirus. And what that means is that the virus is actually changing its genetic code. It's adapting over time. And all viruses do that. Uh, we fully expected it from the beginning. And one of the things that we're always watching for is where they evolve and what they do after they evolve. One of the things that we know is that we have a strain from the U.K., and I'm going to give you a number. It's B117, and the B117 strain currently <clears throat> is showing 293 cases in the United States, and it was first reported around January 16th in Michigan. Um, so we do have it here in Michigan, and so it's something that I think people need to be aware of. One of the things that just was revealed, actually, from a report in the UK recently. Um, in the past 24 to 48 hours is that this strain, initially we thought that it was uh, better able to transmit, better able to move from one person to another, and therefore better able to infect. That's true, but one of the other things that they observed in this report is that it is associated with a higher case fatality rate. So it appears to be deadlier than the original strain. And so we all need to take note of this, and as you may have seen with Dr. Fauci, for example, there are measures that we can actually undertake even right now to, in essence, up our game against this new strain of the virus. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, what, are, measures,
0: oh, what are some of those things? Yeah, what are some of those things that we should be doing to to make sure we don't have a, a, you know a, a terrible outbreak of this new variant?
1: Mm-hmm. So, there's really four or five things that we can do. Number one. Uh, wear your mask. Keep wearing the mask. And in some cases, if you have sufficient mask supply, double up on the mask. And you may have seen the pictures at the inauguration or of Dr. Fauci wearing a double mask. That's particularly true if you're using the cloth face covering because the thread count may not be as high and the barrier may not be as great if you ha- uh, compared with the surgical mask or N95 mm you can actually wear a combination of those masks as well, surgical masks with a cloth covering, and you may have seen him wearing that as well Mm -hmm. And other people. Second thing is hand hygiene, very important. Keep washing your hands, hand sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes with your hands. Avoid putting your fingers in your mouth and nose. And thirdly, um, the social distancing, avoiding large crowds, avoiding large gatherings as much as possible is important to reduce the possibility Of being exposed to a new variant. Um, You can also make sure that if you're in an indoor space with other individuals, make sure the space is well ventilated and you have air moving through that space. And then finally, of course, I have to mention, if you have the opportunity to get scheduled to get the vaccine, definitely get the vaccine. And if you had any reservations before about getting the vaccine, I can tell you firsthand that this is something that everyone should be putting at the top of their list in order to be protected against the original and the new variants as well. Hmm.
0: So so you said something that that I had not really heard much about before uh in in your answer there you you said that in addition to being more contagious this is potentially more deadly than the other variants of the virus. I have not seen that reported Anywhere, talk about what we know about that and, and why that may be true.
1: Yeah, so this is a new report, a new analysis actually performed by more than one group in the United Kingdom, and the report is available, it's uh, downloadable. And you know, one of the things that this report shows is that the case fatality rate is higher in some cases. The strain has spread throughout the UK. It's now gone to many countries as well. It's here in the United States. One of the things that the virus is capable of doing and has done is actually changing its structure, changing the formation of the spike protein and the way that the spike protein looks to our immune system. So far, the research from the vaccine manufacturers and other groups shows that the current vaccines are effective in raising antibody against this 117 strain from the UK. So that's a very important take-home message. So some people may be thinking, well, maybe these new vaccines are not going to work against this evolving strain from the UK. So far, the data suggests that it will be effective against the new strain. There are some studies going on right now to look at a booster dose of the vaccine, and we're actually starting a two-dose trial of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine here um, in Detroit on Monday. So that's something also that's in the works considering down the road that, Perhaps a booster dose may be needed of the vaccine. Mm.
0: So uh, last week we saw multiple people during uh, the president's inauguration ceremony wearing these these double masks. And as you said, that's something we're starting to hear about the possibility of having to do. I, I, I would love to know how long you think we might have to do that. I think a lot of people hear things like that and they say, Wow, this is getting worse and we are getting further and further from the idea of being able to be normal. Now I don't just have to wear a mask. Now I've got a double mask in order to be the safest that I can be. Can you can you talk some about the the arc of this pandemic at this point? Where are we in that arc and are things getting are things getting worse despite the fact that we now have a vaccine?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think there's a very distinct possibility that it could get worse before it gets better in the next several weeks. And one of the important messages I wanted to convey is that when people consider what measures they can do to actually stem the tide of this pandemic, the, the things that I mentioned, the masking, the hand hygiene, the distancing, the vaccination are all really important, because what that will do is actually reduce the transmission of the virus And one of the reasons that the virus is mutating is that it's getting rapidly shared among humans. The more it gets shared and passed from one person to another, the greater the likelihood that it will mutate. So when we get vaccinated or we wear a mask, the virus has less pressure to change and less likelihood that it will evolve into a more dangerous strain. And that's really important because what we're looking at trying to achieve by the end of this year is high coverage with the vaccine, particularly two doses of the vaccine. And what that means is that when we have high coverage of the vaccine in the population, we'll have potential for achieving herd immunity. Mm. And that's really the goal of vaccination. In the meantime, if we do face masking, hand hygiene, distancing, avoiding large groups and gatherings that will help reduce the pressure on the virus to change. So we can all actually play a part, even as we wait to be vaccinated.
0: Mm. So so a uh, uh, related question is about the rush, I guess, is maybe the best way to describe it, that's taking place now to get back to life as normal. Right here in the state of Michigan, for instance, we're about to let restaurants open back up on February 1st, open back up their dining rooms. We are letting children go back to school for in-person school in many, many school districts right now. And the governor says that by March 1, she hopes that all schools are back to to in-person learning. Those steps seem to be in real conflict with the things that you're talking about in terms of where we are right now with this virus and and where we're headed. Are they?
1: Right. So this is a really important point. And one of the things that needs to be done in Michigan and uh, is being done is to do very, very careful, comprehensive surveillance for these new strains. So as soon as someone has a test positive those tests can be shared with the state lab, and they can actually sequence the strain that's in people circulating. So, monitoring the circulation of these new strains is key. So if we find a new strain evolving, then action steps to intervene in that population or that group can be taken, and, and you, of course, this has happened with students lately and athletes. With respect to the schools, there is some data to suggest that when younger students are in school, they it's, potentially uh, possible that the uh, reduced transmission in the schools may occur and they may not uh, pass the virus as quickly to others as older people may. So there's some possibility that being in school may be safe. And right now, with the goal of getting kids back into school, I think that's something that's very important we need to look at. At the same time, monitoring the virus in younger groups, children, but also college-age students and adults is going to be very, very important.
0: Mm. I'm talking with Dr. Paul Kilgore. He is Associate Professor and Director of Research at Wayne State University's College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. He's also a Principal Investigator at Henry Ford Health System's testing of the Moderna vaccine trial. We're talking about where we are with COVID-19 right now, where we are in the arc of this pandemic In some ways, things are better than they ever have been or more hopeful than they ever have been. We have a vaccine. That vaccine is being distributed and lots of people are starting to get that vaccine. At the same time, though, we've got new variants of COVID-19 that appear to be much more contagious and more deadly, according to some new research. So give us a call and tell us how concerned you are about all of this news? Are you concerned about these new coronavirus variants, which we have now learned are present here in the state of Michigan? Uh, Also call and tell us if you've been able to get a vaccine. Do you know someone else who's been able to get uh, a vaccine? Uh, How are you feeling at this point in the pandemic? Are you hopeful that life will resume some sense of normalcy in this calendar year? Or do you think we're Way, way, way far off from that. Also give us a call and tell us what you think about the return to some normalcy that we're going to start to see here in Michigan. Restaurants are going to open their dining rooms next week. Uh, Kids are starting to go back to school this week, and uh, more districts will join them pretty soon in having in-person learning again. Uh, Are those things that make sense given what the news is about the vaccine and these new variants, or do you think we ought to be putting the brakes on some of these developments? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, that way. Before we get to listeners, Dr. and talk about vaccines and the rollout here in Michigan. It's it's still been very slow. Uh, where are we though in terms of uh, how many people have been vaccinated, and who's next in line in terms of the priority populations?
1: So right now, Stephen, the healthcare worker population is receiving vaccine. Uh, frontline essential workers are receiving the vaccine. And now we've moved into the older age groups, so the 65-year-old and uh, 60 years and older, 65 and older. That's a very, very promising thing. The vaccine supply has been kind of stuttering, I would say. Uh, we have two manufacturers of the vaccine right now that are distributing vaccine and are approved in the United States. That's the Pfizer Moderna. And these vaccines are very effective. They are safe. They come in a two-dose series. And I would recommend anyone who has not gotten to their local health department or their hospital system to reach out to their health department, go online. And the other thing that people can do is sign up for uh, notifications through hospital electronic medical record systems like MyChart. Those systems are very important for communicating to individuals. For older folks who may not have access to a computer or who are not familiar with using chart, there are phone numbers available through the health department and the health systems and I would recommend that they call those numbers to try and get in touch and see if they can get scheduled for an appointment. I know there is a lag and there is a delay um, but I'm hopeful that as we get more doses distributed this will ramp up quickly in Michigan.
0: Mm. Uh, again, the three one three five seven seven one oh one nine is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Sarah in Brighton. Sarah, welcome to the show.
2: Good morning i um I was just calling in because um I'm a hospice nurse. um usually I work in and around Livingston County, um, but I also help out like in Wayne county um, and we all got our vaccines. We've had our second dose. Um, and I had some side effects from the first one, um, nothing too significant. And um, my kids have been in school since the middle of August, and their school um, actually hasn't had any in, like transmission in class at all. So everything seems to be going well, and I think they just want to ease people's minds a little bit about sending their kids back to school.
0: Huh. And And talk to us about how they've been able to do that at school. I know that that each school and each school district has a different set of protocols and a different set of processes in place to make sure that, that people are not getting sick. Tell us what's happening in your school district that's been able to – to keep uh, to keep cases, as you say, to, 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 to nothing. That, keep the
2: kids safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So our school district has actually been really good about making sure all the kids have hand sanitizer. Right when they get on the bus, they all have to wear a mask. They're very strict about it. My kids said... Um, a couple of kids weren't wearing their mask and they actually ended up getting sent home for not following the rules. And I think because the school has been so strict about making sure that the kids are washing their hands and um wearing masks, that, that's been very beneficial. Our school hasn't had a single transmission, like I said, um in person. I mean a couple of people have gotten it outside of school, but they didn't bring it to the school, which is good. Um, the other thing is all of our kids have done virtual learning every Friday, so some kids are virtual full-time, other ones are in class Monday through Thursday, which gives all the students and the teachers a chance to learn the online platform so that if they did have to be quarantined, they were able to. Mm.
0: Well, uh, Sarah, that's a that's a really great story to, to share with people, and I, I'm glad things have gone really well in your school district. Dr. Kilgore, react to what uh, Sarah's talking about here.
1: So I think it's very promising. And you know, the measures that school districts have been putting in place is really information, based on information that we know is effective in preventing the virus transmission. And we've gathered a lot of information over the past year, and now it's being applied, you can see, in these new policies. and. I think the key is to make sure that there is widespread acceptance, widespread uh, uptake of these measures, and monitoring that they're being done. The other thing, of course, too, is that I know teachers are going to be very interested in getting the vaccine, and these are individuals that may also have underlying medical conditions that put them at higher risk. So making sure that teachers get vaccinated is going to be a very key activity. And to your earlier question, Stephen, so far in Michigan, we've actually administered 760,000 doses of vaccine. That's of both Pfizer and Moderna together. And we do have in the state right now about 1.4 million uh, doses. So one of the keys is to make sure that we have enough staff to vaccinate. And that's that's one of the challenges in this whole program. Mm.
0: Uh, again, 313 313- Five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Glenn in the cast Corridor really quickly. Glenn, I've got just a couple minutes left in the segment.
3: Okay, thank you. Thanks for taking my call, Stephen. Uh, I am so happy to be a citizen in Detroit. I got my shot uh, week before last on Friday, my vaccination at the TCF Center. I called on Monday as soon as they opened up. lines i got an appointment for that friday at 9 a.m it was like clockwork everybody working together the cars coming in they tell you what line to get in they give you the questionnaire they check your name off on the list that they have they put some marks on your windshield and then you go into the (laughs) um parking area Mm -hmm. and they have all these columns And they put you in one of these columns of cars, and there's about five cars in each column. And in between them, you have all the workers and the tables and the supplies. And it just was, it was just beautiful. After we got our shot, we had to move up. They mark what time we can leave. We've got to wait 15 minutes. I mean i I'm honest to God, yeah. I am so happy, Glenn, this, you know, I'm actually encouraged.
0: I'm actually really glad that you called and shared that experience because we're hearing so many stories about people having a hard time figuring out when they're supposed to get the vaccine, where they're supposed to get the vaccine, and then getting through the process. It's really good to hear a story about it actually working. Dr. Kilgore, just in a in a minute here. Uh, tell us about how how effective we we've, we've been at at structuring this. It, it it actually is working. It's not working as fast, I think, as we want it to.
1: Yeah, you're right, Stephen. However, I I would say the city, um, Mayor Duggan's office, the city health department, with Dr. Raymond, uh, David Ye. There's a whole host of uh, folks that are working very hard. And actually a shout-out to Dr. Abdallah, who is leading the charge. He's a pharmacist at the TCF Center, Uh, Dr. Addis as well with other groups, and also the students from Wayne State University, from the nursing college, medical school, and pharmacy college, are all doing a huge part in this vaccination program. It's going to be expanded, so more and more places will be stood up, and that will be going on as new supply comes through and it's encouraging the trajectory that it's going. Um, We need to do it more. We need to do it faster, uh, but it's definitely going in the right direction.
0: Okay. Dr. Paul Kilgore, it is always really great to have you here with us to answer our questions about this pandemic. Thank you so much for joining
1: us. Thank you very much, Stephen. Great to be with you.
0: We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about mental health and why we need to be talking about it more than ever during the pandemic. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.